Hey guys, how's it going? Um, I'm trying something new today that I'm kind of excited about and I've been thinking about doing for quite a while actually. In fact, uh, when I first envisioned this um, channel, I thought of it initially as a conversation between me and um, one or more of my dungeon masters that I play with to kind of talk about you know, optimized characters versus unoptimized, or maybe um, how you would how you would role play how you would best role play an optimized character in a game, or something like that. And it ended up not working out. But I've kind of wanted to do something with some of the some of the people that I play with um, and involve them a little bit and get their opinions and feedback and kind of have a conversation about things. And so um, I'm going to start a new little bit here and uh, call it something like D&D Optimized Shorts or if I really want to be made fun of sliding into my DMs. <laughs> I know, it's bad. But it will essentially be <clears throat> a conversation with um, one or more of my DMs. Um, and I have several because at our table, we a lot of us tend to take turns. I actually have not yet, anyway, been one of them, but several several of us take turns. So um, these conversations will be fairly short. Uh, we'll basically cover one to two topics or questions, and usually, at least in part, as a response to comments I've been getting from you guys. So it's just one way, one more way for me to engage um, with you guys and maybe respond to some of the chatter that I've been hearing in the comments and in my email and things like that. That said, segue into speaking of the comments and things. I love you guys so much and I'm so grateful and appreciative of the enthusiasm and the responses and the support that um, that you that you're all showing me and you know with what I'm what I'm trying to do here. I'm also the type of guy who feels very obligated to respond to every single comment or question that people make, and I feel very guilty if I don't do so. Um, and unfortunately, I I happen to have, a, not unfortunately, fortunately, I happen to have a really great full-time job and a very busy um, home life outside of work, and uh, it's, it's getting unmanageable. Um, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm going crazy. I know I'm not just blowing up. I think I'm at 1,100 or 1,200 subscribers or something like that, right? Small potatoes, I get it. But it just, it's felt very recently, especially um, like I'm crossing a threshold and getting to a point where I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up and it's getting um, difficult. So um, in addition to that, I, I, I am getting a lot of great suggestions and feedback from a lot of you on how to improve the episodes, which I appreciate, um, with, you know, suggestions like including a written version of the build so that you'll have something to reference later, right? Um, creating timestamps for the videos and putting that in the show notes. Um, improving the visuals for YouTube anyway. Again, we do have a podcast. Um, creating a character in D&D Beyond and linking that um, and, and all these things, and they're all fantastic suggestions and thank you and and don't stop making them um i just i'm i'm stretched really thin and don't feel like i have the time to do a lot of these things that i would love to do um i hope to eventually be able to hire somebody to start helping me out with all of those kinds of things um but in the meantime 
thank you in advance for your patience uh, as we as we as I try to take this very amateurish um, channel and uh, and and you know learn to crawl and then walk and then hopefully eventually run. Um, I'm I'm probably not going to be able to respond to every comment and question going forward, and I I just I feel like I have to apologize for that. I probably don't need to, but regardless, um, I hope you guys will talk amongst yourselves and answer one another's questions and engage, you know, in that way. And, and I'd love to build a community. I mean, maybe we, maybe we put together a subreddit or something. I don't know. Any volunteers to create a subreddit? Um, that would be great. I also, uh, I hope that, that creating these shorts that we're going to start with today will be a way to respond to at least, you know, some of the most frequently asked questions uh, and comments that I see showing up. Um, so hopefully it will feel like I'm still engaging with you guys and not ignoring everybody and trying to respond, um, even if it's not necessarily to each individual uh, comment or question that gets thrown out there. So without any further ado, after a long preamble, as is my want, let's slide into my DMs. I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't pull it off. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it anyway, because it's okay if you laugh at me. I'm okay. If you laugh at me. Welcome to sliding into my DMs. <laughs> We're here with Mr. Rogers, one hey. of my one of my favorite DMs. So thanks for being willing to uh, guinea pig this this little um, shorts or experiment here with me. Sure, I appreciate it. So okay, two questions that I wanted to talk about today. Okay, question number one. I had a, I, on my very first video, it was uh, my, my Hexblade Warlock video, one of my very first comments, and, and I, I should have written it down to quote it, but it essentially said something along the lines of, uh, you're great, and I liked your video just to be nice, but like optimizers are bad for Dungeons & Dragons, or you know, power gamers, min-maxers, yeah. whatever. Sure. Um, you know, people who just think about the numbers and just crunch the numbers are bad for the game. They ruin the game. They make it less fun for everybody else to play, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I mean, I had a response and some other people came in and, and, and responded as well. But, you know, I think about it a lot. And sure. so, I mean, I don't know. As a, as a DM, what are your thoughts on that? How do you, how do you deal with a min-maxer, a power gamer, an optimizer like myself. You sure. have experience um, yeah. <laughs> dealing with people like me at your table. Because not everybody at our table plays that way, right? No, definitely Some not. Some are very less focused on optimization, almost to the point, I'm not going to name any names, where they're like intentionally... <laughs> it's like, uh, what's his name? What's the Spider-Man um, multiverse guy? Where somebody's like, hey, your shoe's untied. And he's like, I know. It's a choice. Right? <laughs> that we have, you know, your character is an optimizer. I know. It's a choice. Yeah. And I love them. I love you guys. But it's different, right? And, and so sure. it, it can potentially create conflict or at least, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's a, a rift in the D&D community between optimization and role play and I don't think there really needs to be there's there's really no need for it um, I think however you can have fun playing D&D that's what's important so yeah. whether that's being an optimizer or being a role player doesn't really matter I think uh, there's 
there's definitely some challenges as a DM when you have a, a min-maxer or an optimizer at your table, um, but they're pretty easy to overcome. So I think the first one is that you just have to balance your encounters a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing you need to do is make sure you have monsters that can take a beating. Right. <laughs> chances are the optimized character is most likely optimized for damage, and so sure. they're going to be the tank or the fighter or the barbarian or the... Mine always tend to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or right. some sort of great spellcaster that can do a lot of damage. But either way, it's usually for damage. So you need to have a monster that can take a hit. Um, then comes the hard part of what happens if you accidentally down right. the main Because, maxer, because especially, <laughs> if, especially if you're at a table like ours where not everybody necessarily plays that way, right? Right. Like, if, just hypothetically speaking, you have a fighter, barbarian, great weapon master, polearm master guy who's doing, like, 60 to 80 damage in a round. Yep. And a lot of the other characters are doing... 15, 20, 25, 30. Yeah. If, if you create the, the encounter in such a way that, like, the monsters have, like, you know, sort of bonus hit points or hit a little bit extra hard or whatever, and, and, and that barbarian fighter drops. Right. And maybe you can't get him back up. Like, are you going to TPK your party? Right. So that's when, as a DM, you can do a couple of things. You can either... Uh, well, what, the easiest thing is just kind of fudge the rules. I know that's not the, the popular answer, but sometimes you need to be like, oh, no, he misses the, the level of the 12 AC. Darn it. I wonder how that happened. So sometimes there's a little bit of that. The other part of it is maybe you build kind of like minions that are attacking everybody else and you kind of have like a bigger guy that, that, that's focused on. And if he goes down, then he's like, all right, well. I'm, you know, I'm satisfied. I got my kill or whatever. Yeah. So kind of depends on your encounter. Um, I think the other hard piece of it is now making sure everyone feels like they're kind of getting into the spotlight a little bit. Yes. Because obviously the the damage dealer is going to have the spotlight during a combat. Right. So how do you get everybody else that kind of moment to shine at the table? And so I think a lot of that is through role play elements or through you, – you really just need to know your, your players' characters – and like what they're good at and giving opportunities for a cleric to be able to do an awesome healing or do some cool trap if they're a rogue right, or right. do something, uh, have a this awesome moment where they get funneled into a tiny little room and a wizard gets to cast fireball on them or whatever. Right. So it kind of just depends on your on your table. So but just giving everybody an opportunity to exactly to kind of shine and get the spotlight, even if that doesn't necessarily mean doing boatloads of damage. Exactly. Yeah, I think any good DM finds a way to help their players feel cool. Right. Regardless of sort of why, you know, for, for some of us, they, you know, we feel really cool just doing a ton of damage and killing stuff. Right. And for some people, that's fun too, but, you know, maybe there's some sort of hook into their backstory you know, that gives them a chance. Or maybe they have some kind of niche spell or feat or class feature or exactly. something that doesn't like... Like, for example, um, in our first campaign that we ever played together, I was a monk. Yep. And our DM, who is not you... Not me. <laughs> um, did a great job, to his credit, I think, of giving me a lot of opportunities to use some of those niche... 
not necessarily combat related abilities that the monk gets like being able to feather fall right, right. and fall from a distance without taking damage or run up vertical surfaces or across water or you know all those cool things that monks get to do that right. don't necessarily lead to a lot of damage but still are like oh i'm so glad i'm a monk like that felt awesome yeah. like and that was way fun and memorable in the game right for sure yeah, yeah i th- i think uh i think just giving everybody their moment yeah, yeah. i think that's so verdict Optimizers don't necessarily ruin the game, in your yeah. opinion. I know yeah. not everybody. And, and, and one thing, if you have kind of this division at your table where maybe you've got the optimizer and the role player and they're kind of butting heads, maybe give both of them a moment to kind of suck so the other person can be like, ha! Like, yeah, oh yeah, let sure. The, let the barbarian fail a wisdom sure. save or whatever and let the role player get smashed by the boss. Like Let the, let the barbarian who... who Doubles everybody's damage thanks to the fact that they're a barbarian and they happen to have a legendary greatsword <laughs> actually suck for a minute and or get right. possessed by that sentient <laughs> greatsword and end up having to fight the rest of his party yeah. for control of his soul. Uh, it leads to great, obviously, like great awesome moments in the game, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for for sure. sure. Cool. Okay. So the second question All right. that I wanted to talk about is is specific to a um, a question that's come up just based on the video that I posted yesterday, my Blade Singer 2.0 rework, and it's a little complicated. And so right. this is kind of a rules lawyer type question. Like okay. I want you to to make a call on how you would how you would rule this at your table because okay. several people have commented. Um, it's a bit of a setup, so so bear with me. Yeah. Bear with me. Um, I've had a lot of comments just in the last day uh, on that Bladesinger 2.0 video where I talked about okay, Tasha's Tasha's changed how Booming Blade works. Right. Um, it now requires essentially rules as written. I know Jeremy Crawford made a tweet saying he would allow it at his table, but rules as written it requires um, well, it doesn't work with Shadow Blade. Right, it requires a, a, a physical weapon that's right. worth at least one silver okay. in order to cast booming blade or green flame blade. So you couldn't booming blade or green flame blade with shadow blade. Right. Um, some commenters have said, "Well, okay, this doesn't mean that your blade singer can't use shadow blade and booming blade, and this is why, because at level six, shadow, uh, sorry, blade singers get." extra attack, and now, after Tasha's, one of those attacks can be a cantrip. Right. Right? And so, so the idea is, gosh, wouldn't it be great if you could shadow blade and then booming blade and then make an offhand attack with your, with your, you know, weapon that you're holding in your offhand? Sure. And I basically said, I don't think you can do that. Um, and I've had some commenters say, I think you can. And it would work like this. Um, you so so, you've got a shadow blade in your main hand. You've got a short sword in your off hand. Both light weapons, right? right? Um, so you can technically do two weapon fighting. So, on your turn, as your action, you can make an attack and cast a cantrip. You make the cantrip attack with the short sword, right? Booming blade, short sword, booming blade. Then, second weapon attack with the shadow blade, and then. Okay you get an offhand bonus action attack to weapon fighting 
um, and you can make that with your shadow blade. And so now you're getting two shadow blade attacks and your booming blade attack. Granted, the booming blade's coming from the short sword and not from the shadow blade. Um, right. I had a response to him, but I'm curious to know if I tried to sure. pull a fast one on you <laughs> and 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 let you you know tell you that my blade singer could do this at our yeah. table, what would you tell me? So. First, like you're obviously not going to have that massive setup to pitch it to me at the table <laughs> in, with in it, game. right? So I'd probably just make a quick ruling, sure. like, and then talk about it later. But sure. I think the intent behind the way that the rules are written is that when you're taking the attack action, you're using your main hand okay. weapon. So I I see it as you're using whether that's your shadow blade or whatever. In the case of this spell, you're probably not going to be able to do that with Shadow Blade because right. you're doing your attack action and the cantrip is part of your attack action. So that's this the main hand so you, attack. So, so you would say you have to use the same hand to right. both uh, take your weapon attack and, in the case of Booming Blade, cast a cantrip, right. essentially. And then your offhand is going to be your bonus action. So... It do, I mean, so... So my response was was essentially the same because in in you know in the player's handbook under two weapon fighting it says um, that basically you make an attack with one hand and then as a bonus action you can make an attack with a weapon that you're holding in the other hand right and that other hand thing seems to be important here yeah so I think the the way around it and granted it's not going to do as much damage because you're not using shadow blade but if you swapped which hand was which weapon and you're now your main hand weapon is just your short sword mm -hmm. then sure you can get your attack and then booming blade then your your bonus action Offhand is going to be the shadow, the shadow blade, blade. Okay. but that's just not going to do nearly as much damage as if you did it reverse it would depend on what level spell slot you're using for Booming Blade, right? Sure, sure. Because, and what level you were, because, because sorry, for Shadow Blade I meant, because Booming Blade scales with level. Right. Shadow Blade scales with spell slot. Right. So, you know, I would... I'm, I guess you, you can You guys can see me already. I'm crunching <laughs> the numbers. I'm, I'm going to plot out the graph. Like, <clears throat> if you if you D6 weapon attack and... D6 plus booming blade damage, and then offhand shadow blade. Yeah, it's all going to depend. Is that better than you know some other use of your of your concentration? Whether it's, I mean, if it's animate objects, animate objects is always going to work. Right. But maybe at fifth level or sixth level or even seventh or eighth, it might depend on whether or not you're in dim light or darkness. Sure. What the enemy armor class is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, upcasted summon Fey is probably going to beat that. I'm, I'm almost positive. Some people would probably say haste would beat it, but then you're only just getting an extra short sword attack. I don't know. Food for thought. Right. Yeah. Um, I think you have to crunch numbers and run a. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run another to, episode. <laughs> I'm going to have to do an addendum to my uh, to my last episode. Anyway. I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate the ruling. Um, and so again, of course, right up to your DM's discretion. Yeah. So I'll always at your table, it it may vary. Um, so that's just that's just you sliding into my DMs. But if you're sliding <laughs> into your own DMs, you might have a different experience. Exactly. Right. Um, okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, I wanted to keep these short. That was probably even longer than I anticipated. But hopefully, <laughs> you guys will enjoy a little additional content and some engagement. 
Uh, and I appreciate uh, Mr. Rogers you being here and uh, giving us your input. Awesome. You know, I hope um, that you'll be a regular for us. Yeah, that'd be um, great. I probably need to give a turn to to some of the <laughs> others because we have several. Um, but yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. See you. Have a good one.